You're listening to The Dworkin Report, and I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. On this episode, we got the chance for a rare interview with Alec Baldwin to ask him questions about his role parodying Donald Trump and why, for the first time, he tweeted that the president's unhinged ranting on Twitter could represent a real physical threat to his family's safety. What you'll hear from Alec might surprise you, but it shouldn't. Coming from an actor whose roles on the big screen in television have ranged the gamut from hard-charging real estate salesmen to cops to CIA analysts to an NBC executive, we only had a short time to chat during his busy day, but in just 10 minutes, Alec Baldwin revealed his emotional depth and his grasp of political nuance, and of course, his sense of humor. In just 10 minutes, he explained what America really needs in a president, all of which contributes to his phenomenal satirical performances on SNL that bring levity to the grim situation Americans face with an imposter president in the White House. Take a listen to my interview with Alec Baldwin. The man, the myth, the legend, Alec Baldwin. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm uh, heading out of town to go shoot one day on a documentary about the Flint, Michigan water crisis that my company is producing. Oh, wow. And I'm heading to Flint right now to go shoot tomorrow. Well, we'll get into it. Uh, what, what did it feel like when you won an Emmy Award for parodying Donald Trump on SNL, a character based on a man who could not win an Emmy playing himself on television? Well, I mean, I, you know, whenever you get awards from the film business, the television business, or the theater, or what have you, it's always uh, important to remember that, you know, that's a good thing. I used to not, you know, necessarily look at it that way, but, you know, people giving you these recognitions is, it's never a bad thing. I, I, I take it, you know, so many people were watching this crazy thing that we're doing. But, uh, you know, I, for me, the, the thing with Trump has been, that it's grown more and more difficult to do over time. I'm doing significantly less of it now. I, I'm on the show maybe like once a month. And I do it a lot less. So I think, you know, we don't wear out our welcome. It seems to be at a good pace now where they want me to, you know, do it once a month. And uh, so people, you know, can kind of step back and appreciate that more. Not necessarily me, but appreciate just letting Trump have it that way. And, uh, but it's been tough because it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's just exhausting spiritually to watch the country continue to go down, down, down in terms of yeah. the rhetoric, the tone of, it's been a very mixed. He posted over 40 tweets since 2012, uh, lauding SNL, uh, mostly around the time he toasted the show. And we pulled all of his tweets by October, 2016. He started tweeting complaints about your portrayal of him, but your most recent portrayal of him on SNL sent the president into an early morning meltdown on Twitter. What's the difference about his meltdown this weekend that makes you more concerned for your family, or has it always been a concern about threats? Well, I mean, I, I, you know, people would say to me early on, they would say, do you have any concerns about any kind of retaliation, not necessarily from the government or from Trump, but from his more kind of uh, um, agitated and I always said, not really. I didn't really think that that was something that was uh, real until now. You know, when when Trump made this comment about um, retribution and he thought that SNL should be investigated and these things, all of that codes. You know, this Trump is signals people uh, not necessarily what to do but how to feel, and that's the beginning. 
at the beginning is you make people angry. The beginning is you make people agitated and and uh, uh, bitter, and uh, uh, and then the actions flow from there. So I mean, uh, I mean, everything we have grown to expect from a president of the United States, regardless of what qualities they have. I mean, not every man who's been president is a scholar, a war hero. Uh, they're not polished and sophisticated. I mean, we've had every kind of human being in that job before, but nothing like that. president is someone who's supposed to put out fires and to calm people and to try to help people wake up every day and face what is an increasingly tough world with some courage and some stamina and some some kind of spirit, you know, an American spirit, if you will, that is uh, that there's no problem that we can't solve if we work hard enough. And, uh, uh, you know, this is a president who is uh, just the opposite. He just throws gas on every fire, and he's just a really, just his message is just the opposite. It is the opposite of what you might have uh, hoped for. Did you see that Donald Trump Jr. attacked you yesterday on Twitter specifically? Um, do you have any thoughts about him or that? No, I don't. I, I did that. I didn't know. What did he say? Uh, he said that to cut the BS. He said bullshit specifically, but um, he he had said that uh, nobody wants to hear your bullshit, Alec Baldwin, in regards to the threats. Um. Oh, you know, listen, Trump. Um, the people that I talk to who I think have a more sophisticated analysis of what might happen, which is a very difficult, nearly impossible thing to. Uh, because the, uh, to me, the most interesting part of this whole Mueller has said nothing. He said he has said absolutely nothing. So thinking what he's doing, what cards he has to play, nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. But in the way that people have this silly parlor game where they speculate about what's going to happen, uh, Trump may not go down. He may not go to prison. He may not be uh, impeached. Or, but sure looks like his son's going to be indicted. It sure sounds like his son's going to get indicted unless he's pardoned. He's going to go to prison, so I guess he'll have a lot of time to watch SNL then. <laughs> that is, that's a good one. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. If you had, uh, you know, you've hung out, well, you know, accidentally probably with Trump, um, you know, in the past. But if you were in front of him now, you know, what, or if he was listening for whatever reason, because he's got so much executive time on his hands, what would you want to say to him? Uh, If it could be reached, I might uh, speculate about that. But Trump is uh, is, uh, permeable. He's he's completely, he learns nothing. He doesn't change. I've said this repeatedly in interviews I've done and in stories I've done related to this, that I, I fully expected that Trump would change, you know, uh, uh, filled with self-doubt. And he knew that he won the election based on a lot of uh, dubious, if not outright corrupt processes. And and I thought he would have come in in six or eight months or certainly a year would go by and he would settle in and, and realize what the role required, what people wanted. They, they need a president who's, they certainly need a president who's not like him. You know, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need somebody who's petty and antagonistic, all kinds of things. And, and you, you want somebody who is in this leadership position. Uh, you know, th- these 
crazy uh, shutdowns of the government and so forth. He's like a drunk driver, you know. And uh, nobody wants the driver of the school bus to be a drunk driver. And uh, that's what we're stuck with now. Mm-hmm. Office filled with bitterness, consumed bitterness toward his political enemies who had underestimated him and pushed him aside. And he, he was so uh, uh, insecure that he wasn't an Eastern elite and didn't go to uh, Harvard and so forth and, and spoke regularly and vividly about how uh, angry he was and bitter about that. And then he, yet he came to Washington and in some ways, not in, not in many ways, but in some ways he changed and embraced certain policies that might be considered liberal policies to benefit the country overall. And uh, even Nixon changed in office in terms of his, uh, some of the policies he put forward. Trump has not changed at all, which is the real tragedy, is that he's learned nothing from the job. Did you ever imagine that one day, you know, you played Jack Ryan in The Hunt for Red October. Uh, did you ever imagine that we'd be confronting Russia at home the way we are today? You know, you know, uh, the FBI has an investigation into the president, a counterintelligence investigation. Would you ever expect it got this far? Because, I mean, as a person who helped uncover the, the Russia scandal, I can tell you I never estimated it would be this bad. Um, but any any thoughts on Russia? We just posted today uh, my most recent podcast with Stephen Lee Myers, who was the Moscow bureau chief uh, or the correspondent for the Times. He's got his book out called The Last Czar about Putin. And he studied Putin for many years, and he wrote this book about Putin, which considered it's considered one of the best books out there now about Putin. And Myers said that that he believes, he subscribes to the idea that Putin wasn't necessarily trying to aid Trump. He wasn't necessarily trying to install Trump in office. But what he was trying to do was embarrass the American government and show them what hypocrites they were. He wanted to expose the kind of ugly uh, underbelly of how American political processes go, and you know, leaking WikiLeaks and showing the DNC was trying to hold uh, Bernie Sanders underwater and down his campaign and so forth. He wanted to expose because uh, Americans are always running around the world uh, just exhorting everyone that their method is the best method, that our brand of democracy is the only right way to live. And Myers was saying, you know, in his own words, he was saying that he felt that uh, it was less about aiding Trump than it was about pulling away the covers and exposing the ugliness how we choose presidents in this country. And then and, and Trump just happened to benefit from I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Alec. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you. Take care. Thanks again to Alec Baldwin for taking the time. I want to thank my producer, Grant Stern, for helping me piece together this episode. You can follow him at Grant Stern on Twitter. You can visit our website at dworkinreport.com. Thanks again for listening. Onward!